All right, everybody. Welcome back to Nebraska Hawks Nest. I'm here with number 95 himself, former defensive end for the University of Iowa, Drew Ott. How's it going, Drew? Oh, not too bad. That beard's looking pretty sweet, man. Thank you. I even put oil in it for the interview, so really Jeez. classing things up. You're fancy. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what's what's been going on with uh, going on with you? I, we know you're um, running, the, helping run the family farm. Uh, got a lot of things going on at home. Tell us a little bit about what you're up to right now and uh, what all you guys are doing on your family farm. Gotcha. Well, right now, I guess the last couple of years, just been back working on the farm and doing a little trucking, working with cows, working with crops, um, things like that, and staying pretty busy. You know, my mother just passed away this summer, so that was a big life-altering event and kind of took uh, time of my last two years, you know, dealing with her sickness and whatnot. So now I'm just kind of, me and dad are figuring out things on our own and starting there. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. And I'm sure your your dad's pretty grateful to have you home and have you close to help out on the farm. And it definitely, <laughs> definitely seems like it's keeping you, keeping you really busy. So. Oh yeah. Um, me and him both like to stay pretty busy. So. Um, I, I wanted to ask you just to start out with, um, I haven't really seen anything about this on yet um, with your recruiting process coming out of high school. Can you tell me uh, what schools were really after you, what your thought process was uh, during that whole entire uh, recruiting process and did Nebraska, did they come knocking if they did when and, and when you knew that Iowa was the place you wanted to be? Um, I guess going back, you know, me in high school and, you know, I really didn't even think about playing Division One. You know, I thought I'd just play at the Huskers if I could and whatnot. And oh, my high school coach, Jeff Ashby, he really helped me and pushed me to go to like summer camps and stuff. And, you know, being back in high school and younger, I just wanted to drive my thriller around all day and through pastures and drive to towns and stuff. And, you know, I really wasn't motivated on that. I just wanted to lift weights to get skinny and press girls. And then, you know, it took off that I was decent at football. So started pursuing that track and then um you know from there he got me into a couple camps and then k-state was interested in me and i think oklahoma state and those were pretty big and then nebraska and iowa kind of called me reese morgan and uh you know he, he showed up one day and i had no idea what was going on and you know forens or whatever and i kind of pronounced the name and <laughs> learned it was parents and you know that opened up and then uh you know, Nebraska switched to the Big Ten, and I knew I definitely wanted to try to beat them every year. <laughs> so, I mean, that's what I was thinking as a younger kid. And then, you know, I was sending all those people to the NFL, and, you know, I was looking at the future and stuff. You know, that's why you want to go to college is to get set up and, you know, have a brighter future. So the other two schools and my other two big ones, you know, they really weren't doing that. I mean, they were, but not at the scale Iowa was and continues to do so. Yeah, that's something that Kirk and the staff really has down. I mean, it seems like every year in the Super Bowl comes up, they are always like number one, number two, and, and most amount of players playing in the Super Bowl. And that's one thing I've never really understood is like as a recruit in the player development end of things, you would think recruits would be like, that's where I want to go. They put guys in the league. They have a track record of improving people. And it seems like just as of late, we've had an uptick in recruiting, you know, more four-star guys, um, you know, a higher ranked recruiting class. That doesn't always mean everything, but at the end of the day, when you look at the college football playoff, typically the teams that are there, the guys that usually have top 10 recruiting classes every year. Um, 
So that's one thing I never really understood with, with recruits is, okay, if you want to make it to the NFL and you want to become better, why would you not want to play for Kirk Ferentz in the University of Iowa? What, what was it like playing for Kirk, um, Coach Parker? What was your relationship like with those guys? Um, you know, it was, it was awesome. You know, they're both kind of like father figures. They were just, they're kind of the rock, you know, every day, no matter what was going on in your life. And, you know, being a dumb college student, you might think impressing a girl is the most important thing or playing a video game or whatnot. But, you know, every day you had to wake up and you go there and they would just remind you, you know, they were pillars of consistency. And, you know, that's something that, you know, people carry through with the rest of their lives. You know, they go there and that's what makes them great in the NFL. And that's what they really instilled with me, you know, coming from a farm background and stuff, you know, dad had already kind of ingrained that. And with me, you know, we wake up, we work cows and then we go to church and then we'll go out to eat, you know, and just routines, you know, and once you get a routine engraved in you, it kind of sticks with you. And I'm sure as a recruit, it's nice to know that there's going to be consistency there at the program. You don't have to worry about a coach getting fired and leaving every three to four years. You know that when you come to Iowa, you're going to have, for the most part, the same staff that recruited you the whole way through. That had to have been pretty reassuring. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's a huge deal. I mean, you see people turning over all the time and, you know, it just helps in tons. I mean, in great factors, you know, and other people can see this, you know, you show up to a place and two people or two years ahead of you have been there for two years and they're finally figuring it out and they know what they want. And then that person can teach you the coach's system and it kind of just speeds everything up instead of everyone trying to figure it out all at the same year every time. So, I mean, I, I think you see that and you take uh, Coach Ferentz's great morals and stuff like that and people are already learning those and then they teach the younger kids right away and they just get a jump start and get the program right on track. Um, one thing I had to ask you about, because it's probably one of the best I've ever seen, the mullet that you were rocking in school there for a while. What was the, the motivation, the inspiration behind that? And I mean, was it difficult just like keeping the girls off on campus with that <laughs> mullet blowing the wind? Because I think that's like a, that's a big responsibility having a pretty sweet mullet like that. Well, you know, the, the mullet was actually not as much as a girl play as it was to distract from how slow and unathletic I was, <laughs> you know, so it just kind of make everyone distracted and uh, didn't really pick up a lot of people in my apartment with the six other dudes I lived with, you know, I really wasn't a huge partier in uh, college and stuff. I was more there to get to the NFL and do things like that. But uh, I actually hate long hair. So <laughs> it was a real pain to try to comb it and stuff, you know, hats <laughs> off to all the girls in the world because it's a, that's a real grind, you know, you got to wake up and deal with that every morning. Yeah. I'm, I'm not a fan. <laughs> I'm not either. I don't have time for that. Plus I don't have enough left that I can really do that anyway. So um, yeah. I was on top of that too, just kind of, off the beaten path type of things. I have to ask you about the the hard boiled eggs with a shell. Yeah, eating those. That that was kind of a story. Is that something you did for a joke? Is that something you actually did? Is that something that you do anymore? Um, I mean, I still eat hard boiled eggs and stuff. I mean, I'll eat the shell every once in a while just for whatever, you know. Just make okay. sure I can still do it. And but you know, it initially started out just as a gag and party trick and people would be thrown off and be like, what? Or you know, sit in the middle of a 200 person lecture and you throw in a raw egg and start eating it or eat the orange peel off your thing. And everyone's kind of confused and get a little laugh out of it. So that's I guess hilarious. It was more just to psych people out. And I'm kind of a weirdo. 
that's awesome though. It's, you should have seen like Dave Revson and those guys at Big Ten Media Days when they were talking about you doing that. They're like, this guy's a machine. He's eating hard boiled eggs with the shell on. Like if he's doing stuff like that, wait till you see him on the field. It was, yeah. it was pretty funny. They were just like, wow, they were blown away. It was like a mythical type of deal. Yeah. So, um, have you ate a raw egg with a shell? I have not. I was actually going to talk to you before. <laughs> you, should have maybe, brought, you should have brought one on. I so know. You Do you got one available with you? I don't know if I can throw it through the webcam, but you have to come out and visit <laughs> and try one. All right. I thought about Let's calling you before all about. and being like, hey, should we, should, should we try this egg thing before? Oh, I mean, it, it, it makes a lot of people gag and throw up, so <laughs> it adds a whole new thing to it. Oh, it's a little funky. That's awesome. Uh, I was going to ask you, uh, your wife, Callie, played basketball at Iowa and uh, from yeah, Minnesota. I just, I just beat her in one-on-one, so just state that for a record real quick. No, Is she did. over there? <laughs> yeah. Hey, Callie. I did. Dominate her in the paint, but whatever. Did you? So, t- tell, me, tell me a little bit about how you guys met. Uh, well, I uh, – I was just out prowling on Instagram, looking through all the athletic girls at Iowa, looking to reproduce for a good spawn and <laughs> came across her. And I was like, well, I might as well send her a DM and send her a video of me spinning a football on my fingers. And she's all into tricks like that. And <laughs> the rest was history. She fell in love with my charm. It didn't, it didn't take long then just the, the video. And she was like, all right, that's, that's my yeah. guy. Yeah, she even paid for the first date, so she was real infatuated by me. Well, that's when you know she's a keeper, right there. <laughs> wow, <laughs> that's awesome. Um, is Callie ever thought thought about? Is she ever wanting to get back into coaching? I know she had a little bit of a short stint coaching at, after college. Is she wanting to ever uh, coach basketball again, or is she focusing on teaching right now? No, I, she no, she'll definitely coach again. You know, she'll get involved in something, and whether it's you know college or. Um, you know, high school, she'll, she'll definitely be coaching again. We're just trying to get our feet in the ground and, you know, get our roots in and figure out us, you know, we just got married and try to know each other's goals and figure those out. And then once we get that all situated, we'll move forward. So, but I mean, she's a great coach and eventually she'll do great things and whatever she wants to do. So yeah, that'll be exciting, but you know, it's a huge dedication and, you know, I always need her to drive an auger wagon and stuff like that. So. (laughs) <laughs> got to stay available for all family farms, you know? Yep, exactly. Farm first, then do our own stuff. <laughs> Somebody's got to feed America. I mean, geez. Exactly. And it's Cali. No one sees that coming. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I was going to, uh, the other thing I wanted to ask you about too is every, and I think I might know the answer to this, but you could surprise me. But every year, who was that one team that you just were like, I want to get those guys. I want to beat them. I get, you get a little more jack for them, a little more fired up. You, you need to come out of the tunnel, just ready to get after it. it. Who was that one team for you? Um, I mean, probably always Nebraska would be, it would almost be like too much, you know, I'd get too excited. So then I'd be tired because the adrenaline's just out of control, stuff like that. But, uh, you know, I definitely always wanted to beat Nebraska, but I always wanted to beat everyone. And, I always wanted to do my best. So I guess I really never had that extra hype for any game. They were all, I was pretty much focused for all of them. Never really had a problem with that, but you know, I definitely, when I came back on my two weeks in vacation, I did not want to have that lost in Nebraska. So yeah, hear all those people. (laughs) Well, it's living here as a diehard Hawkeye fan. It's like that, 
that's the one obviously I want the most because it's a way more difficult place to live if you lose that game. So, yeah. but it's been good. We've won six years in a row and yeah, it's, not it's, bad. Yeah, it's not looking like it's going to change anytime <laughs> soon. So no, I don't think so. I don't, if they're even going to have a team, I think everyone's going to transfer from what I've been hearing around the neighborhood. So there's been kind of a mass <laughs> exodus of people just darting out of town. So yeah. <laughs> there's something going on there, but it, you can't really, you know, you don't really know what it is yet. And it'll eventually, that stuff always comes to the surface, but yeah, yeah there's been kind of a mass exodus of, of talent uh, leaving there. So that, you know, that's concerning. Um, one, uh, one guy I wanted to ask you about is in practice and in the, in the locker room, in the weight room, um, in the game, who is that one guy on the team that you're, you know, kind of call like that dude, like the guy that's always, pushing it to the next level that's always setting the bar in the weight room and practice that you really had to try to match his intensity oh i mean starting out as younger you know you usually value those people when you're younger but you know brandon sheriff i mean he always put me on the ground and beat me to a pulp and then he was always the strongest guy ever and you know that guy was a freak so i mean everything i did from freshman year to sophomore year until he left you know i was just always trying to beat him up and get that one up on him. So he was definitely yeah. the guy that always brought it and just a freak athlete. I remember I watched him play in high school one game and he looked like uh, from the stands, it looked like a 35 year old guy out there playing with elementary school kids. <laughs> I mean, he was just towered over everybody. He could, it almost looked like it was boring for him because he oh, yeah. was, I mean, he was three times as big as everyone else. And then he was faster to boot oh, yeah. than a lot of the guys. It's like, oh, this isn't even fair. So, oh yeah, I'm sure uh, I just looked like an annoying fly on film. You know, he'd just come and I'd come at him and he just swapped me away. So uh, he was quite like, the creature. <laughs> I think it was like that for probably everybody with him, but he's having a yeah. pretty, pretty strong NFL career to say the least. And yeah. um, I would ask you about Nate Meyer a little bit. Um, yeah. He's a, it seemed like you guys, you know, from from a distance had a good relationship and he's uh seemed like he was kind of a wild dude had the mullet at times too what was it like playing with nate uh i mean nate meyer to this day still like the toughest guy i think i've ever seen that guy would take brandon sheriff standing straight up right in the chin not even phase him and just bounce back five feet and try to hit him as hard as he could and as hard as he could again you know i tell nate when i talk to him he should be a ufc fighter because I'm pretty sure he cannot be knocked out. I think his forehead's about four inches thick. And I mean, I, he's just tough. I mean, he was is remarkable. He, is he back on the East Coast now? I thought he said like he was working for Yahoo or Google or something like that. Uh, I'm pretty sure he's still living in Tabor, his hometown. Is he? Okay. Around there. I mean, he might be living out there. I know his girlfriend is from the East Coast. So he might have moved out there recently. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I chatted you know. with him briefly over the summer and he mm -hmm. said he was planning on moving out there, but he hadn't yet. Okay. So. Yeah. That sounds about right. Okay. All right. Um, I can't imagine him leaving. He's more of a Midwest guy. So yeah, he might yeah. go out for a little bit, but I bet he'll be back pretty soon. Okay. Okay. He seems like he's a pretty cool guy. Oh yeah. He's a character. So I wanted to know, what's it like, um, you know, walking around Nebraska? I mean, I know the answer to this a little bit, but wearing your Hawkeye stuff um, throughout the state, do you get a lot of crap for it? A lot of, a lot of comments from people that you run into? Um, a little bit, not too bad. I mean, there's been a couple of times people point it out in bars and stuff like that. And 
they'll be whispering and stuff and wondering why I'm wearing it and stuff like that. Or we got hot tiger hawks on our semi trucks. So if we've got any of those out in the town or people always ask why we got tiger hawks. And I think that's my dad's favorite thing because then he can say I played at Iowa. So <laughs> stuff like that. But it's a good conversation starter because I mean, it is definitely not a Hawkeye state for sure. So there are not yeah. a lot of us around here. We're going to take it over. Drew. Yeah. <laughs> we got plans. We're on our way. You'd be surprised. Yeah. That's the whole reason why we kind of started Nebraska Hawks Nest is there's quite a few Hawkeye fans out here. And you know, a lot of them, especially when they're out in rural Nebraska by themselves, they're like, okay, I'm out here all by myself. I don't have anybody to like talk to about Iowa football, Iowa basketball, wrestling, you know, that kind of stuff. So it's it's fun to like build a like create a forum for people to actually connect do game watches together, hang out and feel like, Hey, there's some other Hawkeyes out here. Like I'm not the only one. So it's, yeah. it's pretty cool. Um, Especially when people start realizing what I was really all about, you know, walk-ons and building up small town people and getting them going in the right direction. I mean, people really fall in love with that and stuff like that, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's the American dream in a football program. So you can't beat yeah. that. Well, it's hard not to like it. I mean, they, they go after high character kids that are hardworking, that are leaders you know, we're not super focused on, hey, this guy's a five star, like we gotta have him. It's like, is he a good kid? You know, did he, you know, play other sports? How are his grades? You know, it's just yeah. that kind of stuff. I mean, it pays off in the long run. So yeah, for sure. Um, wanted to ask you a little bit about um some of the things that transpired this summer with um, you know, the athletic department, the football program, um, and uh, you know, a lot of the the tension that was around um the that the movement and about you know the the racial biases that that certain players felt like that um, were happening with the football program and um, wanted to see like what you know what your thoughts were you definitely were you know in the in the thick of the program for you know for quite a while and you know how you felt about that as a former player seeing those kind of things transpire yeah you know I mean I didn't really notice it when I was there at my time and uh, you know, what I saw was kind of like military style or the Iowa way, you know, and that's what they chose. They were the head coaches and, you know, it didn't matter no matter what you were or where you came from, they wanted you to do it the Iowa way. And, you know, whether you liked it or not, you showed up and if you weren't up to weight, they'd make you chug shakes, you know, and I've seen everyone puke, every race and everyone, you know, it's, they just wanted it done a certain way. And if you didn't do it that way, they were not going to be nice to you, you know? I know there's there's a lot of people that quit that program and it's tough. I mean, they're not nice to you because they want it done their way and that's their formula they believe in, you know, and it's it's very military style and dictatorship because you know it's they're the ones getting paid all the money and they're the ones that make the decisions and it reflects on them. So I mean they definitely don't care about your feelings or really your body, you know. They need performance because that's their job, you know. And that's that's the way I saw it and that's kind of the way I still see it. You know, they make a lot of successful people and it's not always easy doing that. I making it to the next level uh, in the NFL is borderline impossible, but obviously it's can be done, but it's almost like the equivalent to winning the lottery. I mean, being able to get to that level and then make a team and consistently be on the roster is got to, it's one of the most difficult tasks in sports to, to do. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, you, there's so many steps you got to go through and then, you know, keeping your body healthy. I mean, that's priority number one. I mean, there's so many great athletes that just 
fell apart at the end or maybe had a slip up or something like that or never got the chance and gave up. And yeah. there's just a lot of, there's a lot of different factors, you know, life happens. Everyone's got a sob story that they want you to hear or whatever, but you know, it's kind of what you make out of it. And, you know, the, takes a little luck but you know most of it's hard work and determination you know getting it done so i would definitely put you in that position to be able to get it done well like we said it's a proven track record you can't can't deny it um one one other thing that i really wanted to find out what your thoughts were is um the the attempted the red shirt season that um was denied from the ncaa um i can just tell you from iowa fans is seen as probably one of the biggest injustices done to a college athlete. I know the NCAA got raked over the coals um, on social media for the way that they handled that. And, you know, a lot of people were very, very frustrated, but it really seems from an outsider perspective that the NCAA has softened up pretty drastically since then. And um, they came under a lot of heat for multiple cases of different, you know, ways that they handle things over the years, but your case in particular, um, you know, tell me about, you know, your thoughts on how that went, uh, the process of that and, and how you felt, um, uh, when you found out that the, the red shirt was denied. Um, yeah, I mean, they were pretty much just jerks <laughs> and, uh, I mean, I, I can't explain it to this day why they didn't give me the medical red shirt, you know? People at higher positions apparently didn't want me to play football again. And there was really no reason for that, you know, especially with what they're doing now. I mean, you could have a cough, sit out a game and get a medical red shirt, you know, and it's just ridiculous now, but you know, it all happens for a reason and things like that. And, uh, you know, I, I'll never understand that piece of thing, piece of bit of it, but, uh, you know, hopefully it did help some people and hopefully that is why they're laxing up now and, you know, give kids those chance to prove themselves and stay in a nice, healthy environment and get the rehab they deserve and stuff like that. So, I mean, yeah, hopefully something good came out of it. I mean, there's good, I'm obviously bad in it, but the good thing is I can tell you that, you know, that's the one thing that Hawkeye fans are always like drew up, man, that sucks. He got, you know, kind of screwed in, in that whole thing. And it, it, it's, it's very obvious that since then there'd been multiple cases where it just seemed like the NCAA was not handling things for in the best interest of that the student athlete at all. And that's what they're there for. And so it's just, it's been interesting to see how lax they've gotten and how much they've been pushed to open up on that. And I mean, it's too bad that, you know, you had to be one of the, the people to spark that change and, you know, jump kind of jump on their grenade for, for future athletes. But um, it, it, it definitely did. Uh, you know, tying into that, have you ever thought about you're still really young playing any more football? Or are you just like, hey, I'm focused on the farm, you know, the family building our life here? I know you got um, the emergence of leagues like the XFL that, you know, there's a pipeline into the league now. Um, arena football, anything like that? Have you ever given that a thought? Or is that something where you're like, I've turned the page on that? Um, no, I mean, I, I tried to make it to the NFL for probably two years, two and a half, three years after college. But, you know, at the end of the day, I just, I couldn't get my body right and stuff like that. Um, knee still bothers me and, you know, I'm just kind of falling apart at the seams. <laughs> I think, uh, part of my unathleticism and just going crazy all the time, you know, I was pretty hard on my body and, um, you know, if I could get it fixed, yeah, definitely. I'd, 
I'd play a game again, you know, to get paid and stuff like that. I mean, I, there's always time to play a game. And, uh, so as soon as I get this body hundred percent fixed and feel comfortable and, you know, I want to be at my best, I'd, I'd definitely give it a go again, but I'm uh, not mm-hmm. saying that's going to happen, but it, it might. Yeah. We'll see. never <laughs> close the door on it. Yeah, that's for sure. I mean, I'm only, I just turned 27, so I'm not that old. No, I got to at least 30. Yeah, even longer. I mean, you got guys like, you know, I know he's a, it's a freak of nature, but you got Tom Brady in his early forties still playing at the top of his game. So I mean, yeah. never... well, I'm definitely going back as a quarterback. I'm not playing Are defensive you? end anymore. <laughs> All right. Dual threat. <laughs> yeah. Gonna no, I'm just going to be passing. There's just no passing. running. Yeah. Okay. All right. So who is the best athlete in your house? You or Callie? Like, is there any debate on that ever? Uh, well, no, there's really no debate. And I think we'd agree on this. She's uh, she's the fundamentalist. I'm the athlete. So I'll run circles around her. But, you know, in a game of pig or something, I think I beat her twice uh, with, like, junk junk shots and stuff like that. But uh, she's definitely the fundamentalist. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm decent at fundamentals, too. But she's just so unathletic. It's it's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you're going to be in trouble later to keep that up. She has a heck of a three-point shot, though. I think I saw oh, she yeah. shot like about 45% from the field. Like, that's yeah. insane. I'm always trying to put money on her and have people play her and pig in three-point shots, but no one will ever take it. But, yeah, she's she's lights out. So. All right. All right. For sure. uh, what, what type of things do you guys do out there for fun anymore? I mean, I know you're crazy busy, you know, working your tail off on the farm, keeping things going. That's a two full-time jobs and one right there. Do you guys ever find time to do anything fun, social to get out of the house and let your beard down a little bit? Um, I mean, <laughs> I mean, we went to, we went skiing this thing, you know, we like to have a couple beers every once in a while and, you know, have a sober driver drive us around and stuff like that. Explore the pastures and whatnot. And we like to get a little rowdy on nights. So All right. just stuff like that. We like to go to concerts and things like that. What kind of music do you listen to? Uh, Kelly likes uh, terrible stuff. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, she'll listen to like Red Dirt stuff with me, Turnpike Troubadours and okay. Co Wetzel and things like that. So. All right. Well, I want to thank you for taking time out of your schedule. I know you're a super busy guy and, you know, b- being a farmer is one of the most important jobs in the country. And, you know, we can never thank farmers enough for what they do. So, um, ANF, you know, ANF baby, all the way. Thanks yeah, for everything you do and everything you did for Iowa football, for the Hawkeyes. And thank you for, you know, taking time to sit with us on Nebraska, Nebraska Hawks Nest and, and catch up, man. Yep. No problem. All right. Thanks a lot, Drew. Yep. Take it easy. Did he cancel me? <laughs>